You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. Good morning. What a beautiful day of spring outside, right? (laughs) Who doesn't like to wake up in the morning and have a little bit of rain, right? I do. Uh, (laughs) So um, good morning. It's so great to see you here uh, at church this morning. It's it's, uh, another uh, uh, wonderful day, a privilege we have, right, to, to come together and worship the Lord together as a church, to do what we were called to do, right? To be in community together and worship Christ. Um, So there are a few things uh, that I'd like to point out to you. Uh, Today, you see in the back of your bulletin, there is a little QR code right here. And if you hover your phone over this QR code and click that pop-up that will appear on your phones, it'll take you to our What's Happening page. If you don't receive or if you missed uh, the midweek this week, the What's Happening page has everything that's, uh, that's going on in, uh, in our church. That's uh, all, all the events, all the information you would need to know with everything that's going on. So just scan this QR code and it will take you to our What's Happening page. And there you'll find everything you need to know. Do you know what else you can do in the What's Happening page? You can register your attendance. And uh, you can also register your, your attendance through the Midway, uh, the Midway app and on the website uh, as well. So um, this is, and also you can register your attendance just tearing out this little part here. I know you guys are used to this one, the 11 o'clock not so much, right? But uh, just tear out and you can fill out this uh, little form and let us know that you're, you're here. Um, next Sunday is uh, May 7th and we have Graduate Sunday and so if you know any person that is graduating from high school, trade school, grad school, um, college, let us know. And, and we would like to celebrate uh, them with, uh, with you. It'll be, it'll be a wonderful, a wonderful uh, time that we'll have together just to, you know, uh, acknowledging them and, and praying for them and blessing them as they move on in their, uh, with their uh, academic careers. Um, another thing is that next Sunday, we have our No Longer Bound Sunday. It's another uh, great Sunday that, you know, we love receiving our No Longer Bound family here uh, at church and, and celebrating with them their freedom, right? So uh, we, um, we would like to just invite you to come next Sunday and participate with us. If you are uh, also interested in also uh, providing a light bite for for the man between services, then we would like for you to uh, just scan, again, this QR code right here, because the What's Happening page has a link there for you to sign up uh, to provide a light bite for, for them. It'll be a great, uh, a great opportunity. Also, on May 14th, which is in two weeks, we have our Mother's Day uh, Sunday. It, it's another very special celebration, very special Sunday we have here at church. And on this day, uh, we will be sharing a slideshow slash video for all the moms and mother figures we have here at church. So if you have your picture with your mom or with your mother figure or anybody um, that you consider your, your mother, uh, just uh, send this picture to us uh, by May 9th to judy at midwayumc.org. Because uh, then we are going to prepare this beautiful slideshow for all the moms and celebrate all the moms and mother figures here um, at Midway. Now, um, if you would just uh, 
center your hearts down in Jesus. Um, let's, uh, let's give everything we have to the Lord this morning and hoping that the Holy Spirit will speak to us in meaningful ways and that we'll, we'll leave here transformed and, and uh, understanding what God wants from us. Amen? Let's do this. Um, let, let me just uh, share a little word of prayer before we, we move on. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your faithfulness and your grace, your mercy, your love. Lord, you're so awesome. And we are so thankful that we have the chance, the opportunity to come and to worship together, acknowledging that your name is great, your name is powerful, and we are here to love one another, and most of all, to love you. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen.
If you would, please turn your uh, hymnals to, to page 12. We can read this uh, invitation, confession, and pardon together. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let's confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Now, if you would keep your hymnal out and stand as you turn to page 5, number 545, as we open today with the church's one foundation, verses 1, 2, 4, and 5. remain standing as we declare together what we believe in the Apostles Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day he arose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of sins, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
let us pray. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship you and to acknowledge and recognize that you are our Lord and Savior. That you are our Father in heaven. That you are loving us even when we don't deserve to be loved. We thank you that you have given us the access to you through your son Jesus Christ even when we were so far apart from you. And each and every day you renew your mercies with us, to us. Lord, because you are our God and because you taught us to this, this love, this uh, ultimate love, and we want to model you. We want us. We we want you, Lord, to teach us to love, just like you love. Lord, your word says that we. Our first commandment is to love you with our own, with our all our hearts, with all our might, and with all our strength. The second is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Sometimes it's easier to love ourselves than to love our neighbors. But today, Lord, we want to make a commitment with you. To not only love you, to not only love ourselves, but to love our neighbors. You, Lord, call us to love well. And as a church, we want to love well, Lord. We want to take this step of faith, because it takes faith and courage to love. And we want to be, we want to continue being the church that models you and loves well. There's so many people, Lord, lost outside looking for a way back. So we want to be the church that is an instrument, a pathway for them to find relationship with you again. So many people have never met you before. We want to be the church that is a pathway for them to find you for the first time. So teach us to love well put that in our hearts Lord may this not only be a Sunday morning thing a prayer during a worship service may this be a lifestyle may something change in our hearts in a way that we can see and feel love Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness and for your generosity because this is also love. Thank you for providing for us in the personal level, but as a community, as a church, you have provided for us in mighty and wonderful ways. And we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the offerings and later we're, we're going to ask the ushers to, to come forward and, and to pass the, the plates, the offering plates. But today, Lord, right now, we just want to thank you. Thank you for the resources you have given us so we could succeed to be the church you have called us to be. I know it's not about the money. It's about the people. It's about the people who serve and the people whom we serve. And it's about you, Lord. So we thank you. Jesus, we, we also thank you for your ministry in our lives. 
for have changed for you have changed our lives in in ways that we cannot describe and because we honor your name and we want to continue honor and praising your honoring and praising your name this morning we'll pray the prayer that you taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen now during this uh this next song we uh i'd like to invite the ushers to come forward if we're not uh, passing the plate today just uh never mind and we are just putting our envelopes and uh, gifts and ties we are okay great so um so we i'd like to call the ushers to come forward and pass the offering plates please thank you
Good morning. It's good to see y'all here. I am Amanda Lane, one of the pastors here at Midway. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you for this day, this opportunity we have to be with you, to be with each other, and to hear your word. Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide my words. Speak through me so that you might be heard. Transform our hearts so the world might know of your love. Amen. So a few weeks ago, uh, when we were at youth group, our students were playing a game called Human Foosball. You know those little, that little foosball game? Well, we made a life-size version of it. Chairs were sat back to back, a balloon was used as the ball, and the rules were stated. You must stay in your chair, and the point of the game is to get the balloon in the opponent's goal. Now, Midway, you have some genius students because they found every loophole to this game. <laughs> right, Dawson? <clears throat> yeah, it's, we, they found every loophole to the Truly, I was impressed. Uh, if, you, if you loop your hands underneath your chair, you can keep it so where you're sitting in your chair, but you can also walk with the chair. And so you can move to where you want to move to be able to hit the ball. Also, technically, and they're right, if you stand on the chair, you are still in your chair. Standing on the chair gives you a little bit more height to spike that balloon into the goal. I was, uh, honestly, I was impressed. I just stood there and I said, well, they are in their chairs. So, but um, I, think that, I think that we all maybe look for loopholes at times. I know I do. Well, you said I couldn't do this, but what about, what about this little thing next to it? Can I do that? Um, last night, I told David, we had finished reading, and I said, David, it's time to go to your room. And so he started army crawling, and I said, David, please walk to your room. So he got on his knees and walked to his room. He was doing what was asked of him, not what I intended, though. See, we all look for loopholes, and I bet you guys do, too. Today, we are looking at the parable of the Good Samaritan. If you want to go find it in your Bible, it's uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Now, we're learning uh, these, these four weeks, we are learning that Jesus often spoke in parables. Parables are earthly stories that teach a heavenly lesson. And in all of these stories, Jesus is relating, he is inviting the hearer into the story. He invites, he spoke, he spoke to them in their context, in a way that they would understand what he was trying to say. And he also taught a lesson about the heavenly kingdom of God. Now, the amazing thing about parables is that although Jesus was using them and was speaking about them, uh, in, in that context, in that day, they still apply to us. The parable of the Good Samaritan is one that Jesus tells to make sure that the people know something about the law, that there are no loopholes in God's law. Let's read Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to vindicate himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, 
A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, took off, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came upon him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, treating them with oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor, neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The legal expert said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd love to have seen this conversation between Jesus and this expert in the law. No one yet has been able to trick Jesus. All these all these um, religious leaders have come out, and they are trying to trick Jesus. If he just slips up, then maybe he'll be discredited. No one has been able to this point, but this guy thinks that he can. This unnamed legal expert thinks that he can trick Jesus. And he did a good job. When Jesus said, when he said, what do I need to do to... To earn eternal life, Jesus said, well, what does it say in the law? You, you know the law. What does it say? And the expert said, well, love the Lord your God with everything and, and love your neighbor. And Jesus said, you've given the right answer. Now, he should have stopped there. He wouldn't have embarrassed himself. He would have, have kept his dignity intact. But he, he kept going. Look at verse 29, it says, But wanting to vindicate himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Now, I I looked this up in the uh, version of the Bible through the message, and I like the way that they say it. They say, uh, verse 29, Looking for a loophole, he asked, And how would you define neighbor? Instead of trying to follow the law and the, the heart of the law, this legal expert was trying to find a way around the law. So Jesus uses this story. He uses this story to show the people that are listening there are no loopholes when it comes to loving your neighbor. He starts, a man was going down to Jerusalem from Jericho. And he fell into the hands of robbers. Now, this is a 17-mile trip. It goes up and down thousands of feet. It's rocky terrain, desert-like conditions, and it's dangerous. A blog that I read this week about it uh, said that the road to Jericho from, um, would be a person who was robbed and beaten on this road would have been in a very vulnerable position. There would have been no food, no water to find anything along the path to recover with, and no shelter from the elements. The victim would be utterly exposed, isolated, and desperate for help. And if you notice in the scriptures, it says that the robbers left him for dead. So he's pretty, pretty hurt. Well, thank goodness. Thank goodness a priest saw him. A priest was coming down the road, and, and I imagine Jesus' hearers were saying, well, of course, a religious person would recognize the need of their neighbor. Surely someone who cares for the people and points them towards God could stop and care for this man. But he doesn't. And then we see the Levite 
okay, another opportunity, uh, you know, it, it's a miracle, another opportunity, another chance for a religious expert to come and to save this man. The Levites are charged with the important task of, of keeping the temple. So does he stop? No, he, he keeps going. Two men of God who were tasked with helping people, helping them connect to God, they didn't stop. Now, if you, if you look up the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, there are lots of sites that show you a picture of what this terrain looks like. And, and many times, the, the path from Jerusalem to Jericho and, and back is only really one person wide. So in that same blog, that, blog post that I read, it, it, it said there's no way someone could pass by on the other side. Some scholars suggest that the Levite and the priest didn't actually pass by, that they stepped over him and went on their way, literally stepping over the body. Why is it that they stepped over this body, the body of a dying man, and went on their way? They had found a loophole in the law. In Leviticus 21, it outlines what what the religious experts, what the priests and the Levites were supposed to do, um, and they were charged with remaining ritually pure so they could accomplish their duties in the temple and with God's people. For them to touch the body of this man, they didn't know if he was dead or not. But if he was dead, they would have to go through all of the steps again to become ritually pure. No one would really expect them to help because their roles required that they remain pure. Bible scholar Rich Okra summarizes the extent to which this law was followed. To touch a dead body or to even touch objects that had come into contact with a dead body would instantly render a priest or a Levite unclean. These men had important jobs. And the law said that that they could not touch dead bodies. And this man, lying in the path, he looked dead. So why risk it, right? The best, it was best for them to assume that he was dead and that someone else could take care of this body. Then Jesus continues his story. He says, a Samaritan, while traveling, came upon him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. If you've ever heard this story preached before, any other story where where Jews and Samaritans interact, you know that they did not get along. Samaritans and Jews did not like each other. The listener might expect the Samaritan to be the one to to step over that body and continue on. However, this Samaritan, he stopped. He was the one with the most compassion, the most mercy, the most love for this man who had been assaulted. The Samaritan doesn't look for loopholes. Well, hey, I'm a Samaritan. He probably doesn't want me to touch him. Or I wasn't the one who did it, so, so it's not my responsibility. He goes, the Samaritan goes above and beyond to ensure the safety and the well-being of this man. He bandages the wounds. He pays for his care. He even promises the innkeeper, look, I'll come back. You do whatever it is necessary to care for this person. He went above and beyond what it is to care for a a neighbor. He went above and beyond what it is to care for a a family member. He He took on the inconvenience of helping someone he didn't even know. Now, we don't know why or what the the Samaritan was thinking when he saw this man on the road. We just know that he ignored any loopholes that could have gotten him out of it, and he helped this man. 
He helped his neighbor. I want to point out one more part of this story that the readers may or may not have have recognized, but um, it's, it's vital importance to this story. Jesus never names the man who was assaulted. He doesn't say a Jewish man or a Samaritan man. He introduces the man, the, the one that goes down the road as a man. No identity. He's not Jewish. He's not Samaritan. We don't know who this person is. But the Samaritan saw him as his neighbor. He was nondescript. This reiterates that point that when it comes to loving our neighbors, there are no loopholes. The heart of the law is to love our, our neighbors with compassion as we love God. So why is it in our nature to look for those loopholes? Especially when it comes to loving our neighbor. Loopholes might look like, for us, I can't love them because they did something awful. Or they don't believe like me. I can't help them because they look different than me. Or they think differently than I think. Or maybe it's, it's more personal within you. I, I can't love my neighbor because I don't have the time. I don't know how. I don't have the resources. I'm not actually sure it would help. All of these loopholes that we make up are based on, on a fear. A fear of the other. And a fear that, that says, hey, I want to love who I want to love. I want to name my neighbors for myself. I don't want anyone else telling me who my neighbors are. So if, if we look at this passage and look at what Jesus was trying to teach this expert of the law, and we take this message seriously and look for ways that we can love our neighbor. There are lots of ways, lots of ways that we can love our neighbor. There are lots of neighbors in need. So I want to focus in on that one word. The, the Samaritan, it says, Jesus said he was moved with compassion. What are you passionate about? What moves you with compassion? Is it seeing people struggle with addiction? Is it seeing people in the foster care system? Is it, are you compassionate and passionate about, the, about getting rid of human trafficking? Are you passionate about racial inequality? About men or women who are going through divorce, helping them? Do you have compassion on people who are grieving? On animals, on the environment? Maybe you're sitting here and going, well, you know what? I don't really know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what moves me to compassion, what inspires me to love without question. I would invite you to begin with the prayer, God, show me what breaks your heart. What is it that God looks at and says, oh, that's not what I meant or that is not a whole piece, or that is not how we are designed to live. We're not designed to live in, in addiction. We're not designed to live in the foster care system. God, show me what breaks your heart. Who are the people that God loves that need you to love them? I know that God will show you who your neighbor is. When you pray that prayer or when you begin to take action, God's going to invite you to stop and act. Have compassion for your neighbor. But above all, friends, it's important to remember this. That no matter what, there are no loopholes when it comes to loving your neighbors. Amen. Let's pray.
Almighty God, forgive us for the times that we have, have sought out ways to avoid loving our neighbors. God, what breaks your heart? What are those, those things that, that you want to see changed? How can we step in? How can we change them? God, I pray that you would move in each and every one of our hearts and lead us to loving our neighbors. In your name we pray. Amen. I think God sent us Christ because he looked and he said, all of this, all of this breaks my heart. And here is someone who is passionate about you. And so today we come to remember that Jesus came, was crucified, dead, and buried, and resurrected so that we might live into the heart of God. I want to invite you to turn to page 13 in your hymnal and join us for the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your heart. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, when the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks to God, broke it, and gave it to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again.
pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. This morning, as we receive communion, I want to remind you that this is an open table. We invite anyone who desires to receive the love and grace of Christ to come and to remember the sacrifice and the love that he gives. As you come forward, you'll be invited to place your hands in the sign of a cross. You'll receive the bread. It is gluten-free. You'll place it, uh, and you'll receive the cup as well. Partake, and you can return to your seats, or you may uh, stay to pray at the altar rail. Our ushers will direct you forward, so please um, come around at the direction of the ushers. Should you need to be served in your seats, just let one of our ushers know, and they will indicate to us that we can come and serve you. The table is open and ready for you to experience the compassionate love of Christ.
Amen. And if you would find your hymnal and stand as you're able as we close together with number 398, Jesus Calls Us. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of our lives while dressed the sea. Day by day his sweet voice sounded, say, Christian, follow me. As of old the apostles heard it by the Galilean lake, turned from home and toil and kindred, leaving all for Jesus' sake. Jesus calls us from the worship of the vain world's golden store, from each idol that would keep us saying, Christian, love me more. In our joys and in our sorrows, days of toil and hours of ease, still he calls in cares and pleasures, Christian, love me more than these. Jesus calls us by thy mercies, Savior, may we hear thy call, give our hearts to Friends, I pray that you have a good week, and as you go throughout your week, that you find ways to learn what breaks God's heart. What are you passionate about? What moves you to action? Because there are no loopholes when it comes to loving your neighbor. So go now in the name of God the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Sustainer. Go in peace. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.